What's the drink of choice tonight? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. I'm not promoting it now. I am, however, promoting it, and I can go a little bit further. I will give you the actual promotion. $4 Modelo Specials, Pacificos, Corona Premieres, and Victorias. We've also got the daily train specials. When the train goes by, it's $5 mini margaritas uh, right here at 74. Brand new spot, just opened Monday. Uh, brand new building. It's really cool. They've got indoor and outdoor bar seating. Really big patio. That's where I'm hanging out today. I'm back here in the shade. Weather is beautiful. Uh, it's in between Wilshire and 63rd on Classen, 7412 North Classen Boulevard. You can check them out online, enjoy74.com. And, um, yeah, Tyler, it is, uh, it's, it's cold beer time, and we're getting close to uh, first pitch. What are we, we're an hour out, correct, for the uh, OUOSU series? Yeah, hour out on ESPN2, 30 minutes away for uh, OU baseball, which, by the way, that just – it signifies Friday at 5, the weekend is here. That audio clip just it, – it does something to me every single Friday. I love it. Like, the weekend is here. But is there a head coach in college football that more accurately represents their fan base than Sam Pittman in Arkansas? Well, you know, I, I'm not promoting it, but I like some old cold beer. I think I'm going to have one. <laughs> I, I, that is Arkansas fan to the T, and I don't know if there's another coach. Outside of Coach O when he was at LSU – that represents their fan base more? I, I don't know. You know, it's interesting. Who represents the Arkansas fan base better? Is it Pittman or is it Billima? <laughs> uh, I'm going to take my shirt off and uh, jump on my wife after this win. <laughs> Borderline erotic after he beat Texas, 6-6 six and six Texas in a bowl game. It's pretty good. Arkansas's done. You got to be one of them to be the head coach at Arkansas is what it sounds like to me. If you're not going to be good, be entertaining, right? That's that's pretty much the rule to live by. And, uh, yeah, they have been good recently. We'll see what happens. Uh, lost their offensive coordinator. That was really what was was getting them back. Had, uh, had some really good offenses the last couple of years. Had some injury issues at quarterback last year. Maybe they'll bounce back this year. We'll see. Um, hey, I heard uh, – I heard Skip talking to Toby, and then Steely replayed it. He feels pretty strongly about their position headed into the postseason. What did he say? That right now he thinks they'd be like a three seed? Yeah. Um, like they got a good chance at a three seed at a regional. Yeah, man, things have dramatically turned for them since two weeks from the day. Yeah. Uh, two weeks from the day was the start of that Texas series. They swept. They won a series last weekend. Now, West Virginia's pretty good. They go out there, though, and win this weekend. They are starting to look like a potential lock for the NCAA tournament. And, dude, I, I don't blame Skip or anyone else that feels good about it because this is, like, exactly what happened last year, right? Like, yeah. this was the time where seemingly they started to turn it around. Now, maybe you don't see a Cade Horton in the lineup or anything, but how did we feel about Cade Horton a year ago? So, yeah, I mean, this there's at least a small history, a brief history, but there is some history about this team getting hot at the right time and making something happen. So from that aspect, it's exciting to think about. Yeah, as much as anything last year, it was getting healthy at the right time, and that's that's starting to, to come around too. They just, you know, they need their 
the catalyst for them, they had they had great pitching, but their offense lit up last year whenever they got into the postseason. So, um, yeah, that's good. Like, if they could pull off a series win against West Virginia, be sitting in a really good spot. Do you have any idea, like, what, what regional and who would be hosting that they'd oh, most likely no. go to? They would probably yeah. – I mean, if they were a three seed – I mean, you're probably going to not probably. You may be going to the one, you know, top eight seeds, you know, whoever yeah. that is. Pro- probably somewhere on the road in the SEC, like you had to last year with Florida, which is not an yeah. easy thing to do. But yeah, so it, it's in their best interest to get hot late and maybe win the Big Twelve tournament again to get up to a two seed and maybe a more uh, favorable regional. I, I might take back my previous statement, though. Arkansas has done a nice job of hiring coaches that are like them. I feel like Kleiman is a lot like the uh, fans at Kansas State. I feel like Gundy is a lot like the fan base at Oklahoma State. And I definitely think the president at the University of Texas is probably most like their fan base after he said today, I don't want to come in here guns blazing. (laughs) Texas on occasion has a reputation, (laughs) as you know, of being an alpha. So much like he's a douche, the rest of their fan base is as well. That's probably the best comparison. What's the what's the consensus on OU's fan base from everyone else? Um, well, like what's that, how do they how do they uh, stereotype OU fans? Well, nationally, it's a bunch of redneck hillbillies, is what it is. Right. Local locally, it's I, I don't know what it is locally, but I think na- like. I, I tell you all the time about the mobile Homa sign I saw the Texas fan have at OU Texas several oh, I still years back. Love that. It was the state of Oklahoma with wheels on the bottom of it that said mobile Ho- mobile Homa across. I think that tells you everything about what people think. Right. Yeah. I don't know if that. I think that that's probably true, and I think that has more to do with just the general state of Oklahoma than it does. The Oklahoma, the typical Oklahoma Sooner fan, because I don't really, I don't really get that feeling at like home games and stuff. Do you? The redneck side? No, not really. Uh, Sean says delusional nationally is what people think. Which uh, well, I think everyone. That's what everyone feels about every fan base, don't they? And that pretty much at the. Like everyone's delusional if they think they have a chance. Is there know, any fan for, base that, like, nationally has a positive perception? Like, people think Alabama fans are spoiled now. People think LSU fans are the worst. People think Ohio one. State fans are jerks. Is there who's, – who's the only fan base? Nebraska. Yeah, no, that's – yeah, it is true. Universally, everyone says, oh, they're the, the best – and, and – Regardless if that's true or not, you're right. Everyone thinks that. OU fans yeah, included, I think. They are um, They're the really the only fan base that shows up 80,000 strong year after year knowing that they're going to suck. Like most of the times there's like some optimism in there like and and as as the season unfolds and it falls apart Everyone kind of loses interest and goes on to something else. Not in Nebraska, no. They they stay locked in. Now they may go and 
uh, protest in silence like they did that time uh, that Ohio State game a couple years back. Um, that was pretty brutal to watch, but they're going to be there. So I, I would say it's Nebraska. I've just never in my life felt during a game what I felt last year at Lincoln. And looking back at it now, I'm really disappointed that I felt this way. But as OU started to roll up the points on someone, I've never felt legitimately bad for their fans. And I felt legitimately bad because there was just this feeling in the stadium. And, like, my wife was there. She said she felt it, and some others have as well. It's just I've never felt a fan base before, especially after the bad run that they've had. It was just this, just you know, just this disappointed, dejected feeling all across the stadium. And I'm disappointed in myself for feeling bad because – they didn't feel bad when they were running up 69 points on you back in, what, 1997. They didn't feel bad about that. Why should I have felt bad last year? Well, I, I'm sure that the Nebraska fan base has not always been like it is now, and I'm sure the text line's probably going to. Like when they won three championships in four years in the middle of the 90s, I doubt that they were some, like, um, you know, just encouraging and, humble fan base that just shows up no matter what i'm sure at that point they were pretty arrogant i mean it's just it's, it's the human same thing nature. with alabama dude when we yeah. went out to alabama in 03 i remember our entire family saying oh my god alabama fans are unlike any you know ushering us to come park in a free parking space giving us beers once we park alabama is the standard for a fan base that's because they sucked at the time and they were on probation not now, buddy. Right. There are a bunch of spoiled jerks out there. You're right. That's how it works. Hey, I'll, I'll say this, though. Nebraska, they were deflated, and you could feel it in the stadium last year, and it was bad, and they were disappointed that, you know, we came back, blew them out, wasn't a game in the second half, and then we went and made it worse by losing seven games after that. <laughs> right to really rub it in their face about how bad they are. That's how we. That was our payback. Uh, We're going to really uh, prove yeah. how bad you guys are by losing seven games from this point on. Man, this is the first time that Nebraska's lost by multiple scores to anyone. This Oklahoma team might, must be really good. At least we can hang our hat on that. Eh, nope. Six and seven That's, at the end of the year. It's still shocking to say that. We were undefeated whenever we played Nebraska, and we lost seven football games after that point. Isn't that crazy? It still seems like that can't be the well, case. Seven? Yeah, I know. I okay. So let me let me ask you this about the Nebraska game. Now they they had what? Did they have just one tune up before the Nebraska game last year? Did OU just play one game? No, maybe it was two non conference games. Anyway, it's the most surprising positive result last season, and it's really not close. The way they demolished Nebraska, it could have been a lot worse if they wanted it to be. Is there anything, too, that they just put a ton into that game more than any other the first half of the season? I'm just trying to make it make sense other than Nebraska was bad again, but so was OU, but they looked elite that day. Like, Did they just put a ton into that game? Like, How, how did that happen last year? I don't know. I, I, don't, I would say no. I, I don't think that's the case. I, I could be proven wrong, but – I, Coach Venables, it's not his first rodeo. I, I could imagine maybe someone that's never been to Oklahoma before could put everything into that game. But 
it seems unreasonable to uh, to do that. Your bread is buttered in the state of Texas. Your biggest rival is Texas. The most important game on the schedule, no matter what, no matter if it's Big 12 or if it's SEC, the most important game you play every single year is going to be Texas. So I would have a hard time believing that they – just put way more into that game than they did anything else we didn't do anything different in that game than we did previously or for the rest of the season it was all yeah, pretty much the same stuff and cover and complete balls down the field but yeah i know what yeah. you mean but they just look like a different team that day than they did at any other point during the season i don't know I just now, it, try it, to it was the first time that we unveiled like the true defense that we ended up running for the majority of the rest of the season you know remember the the games previous to that we played like a true four down uh defensive front and against nebraska we played we played a different front pretty much the entire game than we had the whole year so like that was but that's ended up being what we kind of stayed in for the majority of the rest of the year uh, let's see. Boomer G says, nationally, OU fans are viewed as hillbillies or great. Seldom anything between. Locally, we're seen as only loud at times. SEC fans don't know what to think of OU fans. Are we Southern, Midwestern, or what? Huh, that's a lot there. Yeah, well, I think it's true on a lot of, a lot of fronts. And I don't know. We... We are we're definitely more southern than we are midwestern. Um, I don't think there's any doubt about that. But we're not we're not as southern as like the the majority of the SEC. It's it's we're not we're not that. But that's where I would say our state relates to way more than it does to the Midwest. But I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I've never gotten the hillbilly vibe. And I know that there's a pretty much every fan base has their sections, right? It's going to be divvied up across the board, but I don't know, man. I if I had to say something about our fan base, it is it is spoiled is it really it's not really the right word. I think it's um interested to see what happens here well hard to please and not hard to please because they've seen a lot of high level football for a really long time so you can't you can't really pull the wool over our fan base's eyes with uh with gimmicks they know what what legit football looks like and they're not be mad pleased. at a 9-0 start if we all know that it doesn't look the right way. Yeah, yeah I've, I've seen that recently. Be, be mad at I've a 9-0 start and not going to be, you know, it takes a lot to, to get our fan base excited. Like, they get excited when they know we've got a legitimate chance to go win a national championship. If they don't think we've got a legitimate chance to go win a national championship, you're not really going to get a whole lot out of them. You know, that's just kind of uh, how it's yeah. been. I, I said I felt bad for Nebraska fans in that game from the from the text line. I felt worse for the OU fans at the Cotton Bowl last year, and that that's so true. Woo. Like the yeah. game itself, the game itself obviously was was terrible. You lost in that fashion, but 
at some point before I hit the parking lot, it was the realization of, wait, the sting of this doesn't just last once I exit the, the, uh, the parking lot to the Texas State Fair. I'm going to have to hear about this for 364 consecutive days, 49 yeah. nothing. Well, that there was, was probably a, the worst part of that whole thing. There was a whole lot of, okay, we're going to lose this game, and we may lose by a lot, but I'm going to sit this thing. I'm going to stay here and, and watch the entire thing. I'm not bailing. I'm not leaving. I'm staying to the bitter end. And that slowly changed as the game continued to go on. <laughs> you know, early on, it was like, okay, it's clear we're not winning this game, but we're staying. We're going to be loud. We're going to be supportive. And then everyone was like, ah, okay, yeah, well, that sounded nice in, you know, middle of the second quarter. But now, yeah, let's go. So right, I, I just, ne- I've never been more ready to get to an OU Texas game after last year. And no please doubt. don't let it be 49. I don't think it'll be 49 nothing, but like, come on. Let's go it's going to be. Year. It's going to be a tense one. Okay, let's hit a quick timeout. Final hour rolls on. I'm hanging out today at 74. Really, really cool place. Just opened Monday. Brand new building. Cool venue. We're in between Wilshire and 63rd on Classen. 7412 North Classen Boulevard. Enjoy74.com is the website. $4 Modelo Especiales, Pacificos, Corona Premieres, and Victorias, and daily train specials when the train goes by today. $5 mini margaritas, open daily here at 11 a.m., awesome patio. That's where I am right now. It's beautiful out. you got to come hang out, get you some $4 Pacificos or Modellos. We'll have a good time. Stay tuned. More from The Rush coming up. This is your home for Sooner fans, the Ref Sports Radio Network. Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush on the Cinco de Mayo Friday. I'm at the Noble Rose Rock Music Festival where the fun is underway here at Noble and the fun will be here tomorrow and it'll be here on Sunday as well. So if you're uh, looking for some good food, some good music and uh, some good vendors, Noble Rose Rock, uh, Rose Rock Music Festival right here at Noble. Tell me if you can think of worse sports luck than this, okay? This day, 50 years ago, Secretariat uh, won the Kentucky Derby in a record time of 1 minute 59 and 59.4 seconds. That's not the bad part of it, okay? okay? Secretariat won the Kentucky Derby 50 years ago today with the fastest time ever. The horse that finished second that race, that would be Sham, who still today has the second fastest time ever at the Kentucky Derby. Yep. And then uh... – I believe Sham was the one that tried to uh, tried to outrun him there at the early, at the like the first half of the race at the Belmont stayed stride for stride until uh, realized pretty quickly that that was a bad idea. Yeah, I think now I know the Derby record stands. I know the Belmont record stands. I don't think uh, Secretariat has the Preakness record, but. I don't think it, I don't think a horse has been close to the Belmont. Uh, I don't think so either. Uh, I'm going to bet on this thing tomorrow. Text line. Uh, I, look, I, I'll take submissions from the text line. I, that's about as good of a luck as, as I have. There is a horse with nine to one odds named Two Feels. Two Feels <laughs> nine to one. The three horse. <laughs> you think that one's the take for me? Uh, yeah. 
I do. I don't, I don't know if you've studied uh, studied the thing yet, but I haven't looked at it at all. Um, I if there's not a good Lord, Mike, then take the two fields. <laughs> two for <feels>. sure. <laughs> God, if that wins tomorrow and I don't bet on it, I'm going to be seriously upset with myself. But yeah. yeah, I have no idea about this field from the Kentucky Derby. I guess the main story from Churchill Downs has been. Um, What's happened to some of those horses this week, which is really sad. Yeah, what was it? Four, I think, four horses, and they were investigating what went on. I don't know anything about it, though. I didn't, I, I didn't go any deeper than that. But, yeah, they need some good news. What they had the bad yeah, news last year. Um, oh, gosh, I'm drawing a blank on the Baffert. The long shot. Was it the long shot? Well, I, there, there was – there was an issue with Baffert and his horses and and stuff. Oh so, yeah, yeah, Bob Baffert. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I. I'm not up to uh, speed on the horse racing stuff right now. So. No. Well, we're uh, really not even up to speed on college football over unders, but we can at least offer more of an educated guess on that one. And OU's win total, according to DraftKings, is at nine and a half. Mm. And I, I think it's a good number for this team, honestly. Um, yeah. And I would bet the over just on. All right. Well, if it's any sort of a successful season, the over is going to hit. If it's a disappointing season, it's it's not going to cash. And and I, when I say ten and two would be a successful season, like that's the baseline for it. There is a situation where you go ten and two, don't make the Big Twelve championship game. And it'd be hard for me to call it a successful season. I'm just saying, like, that's yeah. where it starts with 10 wins. Right. No, that's right. I, I think that's uh, that's the exact scenario. The 10 and 2, be shocked if if they can't win 10 with this, with this schedule. I guess I, I can't say I'd be shocked. And you never know what may happen throughout the course of a season, like injuries, suspensions. Like, there's a lot that can happen because, you know, Right now, if if we don't have injuries, we got all of our starters, uh, all of that, everything on that end stays good throughout the season, we should win 10 games. But that's a big ask for to not sustain any injuries throughout a, a long college football season. And, you know, frankly, like our biggest issue right now is depth. We don't have like, – we've got a lot of good young talent but we don't have a lot of what I would consider good quality depth. And, you know, typically quality depth, I would say that, you know, guys that have played, guys that have been in a system for a long time, like no one's been in either of these systems for any amount of time at all. Um, And on top of that, there's very few players that are not starters that provide that type of backup where they've been on the field a lot, you know, we're just we're not in a in a in a place right now where you've got you know defensive linemen or linebackers that have been in this scheme and you know played on and off for two or three years and you know they're there to provide good depth if a guy goes down like we don't have that really at any position think about center we don't have anyone until we took a, a transfer portal center today um quarterback we don't have a quarterback on our roster that's played any amount of of legitimate football or has been in this scheme for an extended period of time 
Um, now, we've got a hot shot young talent that we all assume is going to be really good, but I don't really consider that quality depth. Oh, yeah, it's the same sure. thing at wide receiver. Wide receiver, tight end. I, we don't have a tight end that's hardly even been on the field outside of Stogner. So, like, that's our biggest problem is is depth. So, while I think we could or should win 10 games, I, it doesn't take very much to get the injury bug and things could look a whole lot different really quickly. Your team could look a whole lot different, but odds are that the schedule's going to look the exact same. And, and I'm with you. With a team that doesn't have a lot of depth, like even a easy schedule could present its challenges, but – I mean, that's the reason why we think 10 wins is the baseline is because of what the schedule looks like. And that aspect of it's probably not going to change. So, I don't know. I'm just t- 10 wins for me is, is where I start. You, let, let's uh, let's do a scenario here that you have 100 doll hairs. All right. I'm going to read I'm going to read off all of these over-unders. OU, Big 12, nationally. You tell me where you're putting your money at for an over and under. Okay. Iowa State at five and a half. You've got KU at six and a half. You've got Kansas State at eight and a half. OU at nine and a half. Texas at nine and a half. Oklahoma State at six and a half. Florida State at ten. USC at nine and a half. A&M at seven and a half. Bama at ten and a half. And then Georgia at eleven and a half. Yeah. Uh, where would I allocate my 100 doll hairs? Um, do you know who Kansas State's non-conference is off the top of your head? Do they go to Missouri this year, I want to say? They played Missouri at home last year. I think they go to Columbia. I would – Kansas State would be someone that I would uh, I would wager on. Um, oh yeah, they go to gosh. Mizzou. Southeast Missouri at home, Troy at home at Mizzou. Um, hmm. I actually, I actually would go KSU and Oklahoma State University. Uh, over for Oklahoma State or under? Yep. Over. <laughs> over the six and a half for Oklahoma State. Woo, buddy. Okay. Yep. Well, I've uh, I, I I think Oklahoma State. I think they often take advantage of of people thinking they are really down, and I've heard from a few folks out there, some that would know what they're talking about, that the Bauman kid. Uh, we forgot how good he can sling it. He can throw the football now. Uh, now, whether or not he can stay healthy, we'll have to see. But um, I, I just don't know. There's not a whole lot of value anywhere else. I, Iowa State, uh, five and a half. Like my hunch is that they'll win more than that. But I, I got In nothing to year. go on. Kansas has their history telling you everything that they're not going to. And I OU, Texas, Florida. Like I think the real value is Kansas State and Oklahoma State. I uh, I don't like betting the overs on a team that has 10-plus wins as an over-under, but as crazy as it is to say, I just I think Bama's death is a little over-exaggerated. I yeah. think Bama's going to go at, at least 11-1. and one. I think Bama's going to go 11-1. and one. I'd play the over on Bama at 10.5. Bama's Ooh. just one of those teams to me 
that if you can get them anything less than 11, go ahead and play that. Not a so whole lot of room for error. There's not, but I, I don't think Bama loses two games. Look at you. You're saying Alabama runs the table after they lose to Texas at home in the second week of the season. <laughs> Pretty impressive. Hey, the, the over would cash on that. That's so, right. Yes. That's All right. their tough games are at home. They get uh, Texas at home, Tennessee at home, LSU at home, Arkansas at home. That's one of the better home schedules in the country this year. It's awesome. Yep. All right. Uh we got to hit a timeout. Quick break. More from the rush coming up. couple of segments left. Hanging out at 74 today. Brand new spot. Just opened Monday. Right up here between Wilshire and 63rd. Check them out online. Enjoy74.com. we got Cinco de Mayo specials. $4 Modelo Especiales, Pacificos, Corona Premieres, and Victorias. Remember, open daily at 11 a.m. here at 74. And awesome patio outdoor that's where i am right now we're in the shade weather's beautiful uh, they got indoor and outdoor bar seating it's awesome up here come check us out at 74 we'll be back got a couple of segments left the ref radio sports network is powered statewide by the insurance adjusters at brown o'haver fire wind theft or tornado we can help call 405-735-5510 Final hour of the rush. We take you into the weekend. Cinco de Mayo Friday. Everybody have fun on this Friday. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. It's time to fill up that stat sheet brought to you by Dorsey Jones Buick GMC. Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno, I-40 and exit 125. Just 20 minutes from OKC. A little drive to big savings. Friday tradition during softball season. Uh, we try to pick who's going to have the most home runs for OU softball over the weekend. I am Ofer. Teddy is just one for, but at least he's gotten at least one right so far. Uh, I let you have the tee box normally. I'll let you have it today. Who hits the most yeah. home runs for OU over the three-game set? T.R.A. Jennings. Oh, that's my – okay. One of the yeah. uh, top ten finalists for player of the year. Okay. It's yeah. going to be my pick, but that's all right. Uh. I do I have to pick the number or is I'm just taking the player? If you want to be a real sportsman, you would pick the number. I think she hits two. Um I think tonight's gonna to be a really low scoring game. I think she hits two home runs in tomorrow's game. Two is a really good number for this weekend. Oh what she's got a good pitching staff. Um since you're taking one of the finalists for player of the year. I'm going to take the other one that's a position player and take the front runner. I think Jada Coleman's going to put an exclamation mark this weekend on her candidacy for player of the year. I think she's already the favorite, but she's going to do she's going to do something special this weekend. And she's going yeah. to do that by hitting two home runs. She's going to hit a home run tonight, and then she's going to hit a home run on Sunday for a grand total of two. OU's not going to hit 15 home runs this weekend, at least I don't think. But Jada will hit two, and she'll lead the team this weekend. And I'm yeah. hoping I can finally get one right before the end of the regular season. It's my last chance. Now, um, I was pretty surprised. I don't have it in front of me, but I was looking at the statistics. I think it was earlier this week, and I was shocked. And, you know, I keep saying that I I think there's been a little bit of um, – you know, the girl that had that dramatic take on, on OU to start the year, 
not hitting 80 bajillion home runs. I I think she's I think she's validated that. You know, we don't have I think Jada Coleman is the only player that we have. I want to say it was even in the top 50 for home runs this year. Yeah, I mean, in that aspect sure, but the part where she was just horribly wrong where it was I I just don't think they're going to be the big bad Oklahoma that they've been. Maybe they can contend for the national championship. She I think I think in that same podcast she picked Oklahoma State to win the Big 12. Well, here they are playing, and the Big 12's already yeah. been decided. So she made it sound like not just offensively, just overall, they were yeah. going to take a huge step back, and obviously that hasn't happened. Right. And, you know, I don't know. Home runs are home runs, and that's all fine. I don't know what their, their total amount of runs scored are. You can generate runs a bunch of different ways. They're not a they're not like a, a power team maybe like they've been in in past years. I got no no real worries about their offense. I was just kind of shocked by that, you know, that maybe I've, I'm just used to us having the well, power are. hitters, you know. But Remember when you didn't want to say spoiled earlier and you were like, no, I don't want to go there, <laughs> and you were carefully choosing your words for like OU football fan? Well, it's the same thing for, for softball. You know, like if OU goes out to Stillwater this weekend and wins two or three, that'd be a really good series win. It's a series win on the road against the top eight team. It's really good. But people are going to be disappointed if OU wins two out of three. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. It's just kind of what the expectations are. The expectations and, like, the line for success is do they sweep or not? Do they sweep Oklahoma State? If they do, it's a successful weekend. If yeah. you if you lose one game, you could run rule the first two games and then lose a close game on Sunday, and some people would be like, dang, that's disappointing. Meanwhile, now, Oklahoma State would be thrilled if that happened. Well, let me just say that I am by no means am I um, turning my nose up at the softball team and their offense because they're not hitting home runs. I Frankly, I really don't care about that. Um, like that's, that's, not, that's not a factor to me at all. I was just I was surprised to see kind of where they were with the home runs. I mean, they, they generate plenty of offense. And I honestly, I think it is a, I think it's more of a testament to, to Patty Gasso and this team that they don't just win by hitting long balls. There's, there's different ways that they can win. They can win by uh, defense and pitching. You know, and that's, that's a little bit more what they're doing this year is winning by defense and pitching than in the past where they've hit a bunch of home runs. I know it's in the past it's kind of been they've done everything, but they're still by far the most dominant team in college softball, and they're not doing it by hitting a record amount of home runs. I think that that is more impressive than it is anything. To use a college football comparison, it's almost as if last year they won the national championship by having – the 2019 LSU offense, which might be the best in history. And then this year, if they win the national championship, they'll do so by having the 1985 OU defense in just a year's time. Like two legendary sides, and you have it in back-to-back years as the strength of your team, and that's why you win a title. I, I, I think that's what we're talking about. Right. Yeah. Nope. I, I, I agree. I think that's that's really uh, did I get the defense the comp right? Twenty eleven Alabama was great. Two thousand OU was great. 
Well, I'm trying to think because I'm considering the the pitching part of the defense. So you've got like I don't know when's the last when's the last time a defense had like um, I don't know five or six or seven of the best players in the country on one defense. Like that's because that's what we're. That's what we're talking about right now with the the pitching that they've got and obviously the great fielding. So, yeah, Maybe, they might be 0-1 Miami's defense. Huh. We either lost me or we lost Tyler. Uh, it's time for a break anyway, so uh, good timing. Quick timeout. Final segment is next. I'm up here at 74. Uh, we are between Wilshire and 63rd. Check them out online, enjoy74.com. we got Cinco de Mayo specials going on right now. $4 Modelo Specials, Pacificos, Corona Premieres, and Victorias. Plus, they got the daily train specials. When the train goes by, you get $5 mini margaritas. Uh, open daily at 11 a.m. Awesome patio. This is the perfect spot today to come enjoy some Cinco de Mayo beer specials. We'll be back. Final segment is next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Final segment, Riverwind Casino and Hotel, bringing you the final hour of the rush as we send you into the weekend. It is Kelly Maxwell versus Jordy Ball getting underway in five minutes in Stillwater. Three-game set. I have a three-game sweep from OU. I think we're going to have some low-scoring games, Teddy. I was the one that – I thought you were the one that dropped off last segment. It was me. So I went to my whole spiel. Uh, short huh. version, I think I think OU sweeps and uh, three close games this weekend. Three low-scoring games. Yeah. Um, I think I think tonight's going to definitely be low-scoring. Well, that's my pick. I mean, I, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if – if some runs were scored, but I'm picking tonight as low scoring. And then I think tomorrow and then maybe Sunday, you're going to see some more runs uh, start to show up. Cause I think that'll be, I, I kind of follow what you said. I feel like they're starting their, um, what's her name? Their, their ace tonight and probably Kelly Sunday, Maxwell. right? Yeah. Yeah, and I know their their second's pretty good too, but I think we we generate some runs there, and then also generate some runs in the second game in in three where we face their their ace, and, and you know it's kind of like going back through the lineup a little bit. So I don't know. That's just a a football player's softball prediction. Hmm. Well, as good as anybody else's, I can tell you that much. Uh, okay, so OU will officially be an SEC member July first of twenty twenty four. 423 days away from today. Yes, text line is pointed out. That means 420 days away on Monday from OU officially joining the SEC. Joe Castiglione was asked at that Board of Regents meeting about really the hot topic of the week, OU playing a game on Owen Field, and he said, quotes, we're always looking at new ideas. We actually looked at this before. It's not original. We're going to look at other places. Who knows where that might be? Maybe it's not this stadium. Maybe it's another stadium somewhere else where we can create an event. Yeah. So I guess the next step now is to let our minds wander as to what that next uh, stadium could be. I have I, 
I have no idea. I wouldn't even know where to begin other than like what we said. If you like did it at uh, Bricktown, that's yep. that's really the only other thing I can think of. I mean, you already do Hall of Fame. Uh, Bricktown would be there's not much much difference there. Um, so I. Which you know, there's not another football stadium that yeah. you can. I mean, obviously eighty thousand, but I'm just trying to think of like anywhere, like close by. There's not a whole lot. So Jerry like, World. That's what I was going to say. Like the only thing different I could think of was if they played OU Texas at Jerry's World or something. That's the only. That's the only thing. But it would be hard to sell that out to get people to go, 100%. go down to Dallas. Like if locally is like the easiest way to do it. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're wanting to get eighty thousand, I don't, I don't think that. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that you can have it in Jerry World to get eighty thousand. Now there'd be a lot of people in Dallas would go. I think just softball people to, to see that event. But you already ask OU fans to drive down to Dallas once a year and spend a lot of money. Maybe this wouldn't be as expensive, but you, you know how it is trying to get people to go down. You go down there twice as opposed to just once. Would be the how easiest go- thing. How good is A and M? At softball, uh, I mean, OU beat them like twenty to nothing last year in the regional. Not as good as Texas. I guess I'm like, if you were gonna maybe sell out eighty or ninety thousand at Jerry's World, like if you did one of those classics where you had OU, Texas, A and M, and I don't know someone else that's close that's got a big softball fan base, like that may be a way you get a bunch of people there. But I don't know. We'll see. All right, uh, that's it for us. Um, don't forget, $4 Modelo, Specials, Pacificos, Corona Premieres, and Victoria's here at 74 for the rest of the day. And they just got open here. So make sure you come out, check them out. Really cool new place. You guys killed it. As always on the text line, you drive the show. We're just along for the ride. Come out and have a $4 ice cold Pacifico. We're out of here.